Welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast. Today, I've got Mike Baker with me. He's been on the podcast a few times, and uh, if you haven't listened to those podcasts, or I'm sorry, if you haven't watched those podcasts, maybe you've listened to them and haven't seen them, you can't picture Mike, but you will be able to picture him this next weekend because he's going to be speaking in all of our services. You want to do all of them, right? You can do four? Uh, you can do four? Well, I figure we'll do the first one, and then see we'll how see goes. how it goes. So Mike will be down here. Um, he'll be doing the the message for, Mike, or for uh, Brett this coming weekend. Uh, you guys will really enjoy listening to him, um, but I'm going to ask him some questions today just so you can get to know him and you can know who it is that uh, that's speaking and know some things about uh, his call in the ministry, what his current role in ministry is and his family life, things like that. Because sometimes, you know, when you're coming into a new church, it's you want you want to know who this is. You don't know, you know, if, especially if you're a guest and you come in and you're like, oh, is this the guy that, that speaks all the time? You know, and then it ends up they never see you again or whatever. It right. Is, right? <laughs> um, but so this is Mike Baker. He is the uh, lead pastor, what, senior pastor. What do you call yourself? Lead pastor. Lead pastor. At I'm not Cross, old enough to be a senior. Not old enough yet. At Cross Point Church. Don't listen to Brett yep. when he says the wrong name of the church. What does he usually call it? Uh, crossroads. crossroads or, okay. I mean, in Brett's defense, we named it a really ambiguous name. So sure. there's lots of cross things there's that, out there. There, were, there CrossFit, was the uh, cross, CrossFit, yeah. CrossFit <laughs> church. Yeah, there you go. There was that trend for a while where like the churches that were being planted were all our names and just one word. Oh yeah. With the, there was like renew, renew and redemption refresh. and uh, yeah, all the different things yeah. that were, there was like, there was in the central Valley alone, it was like within, I don't know, six months, there was seven or eight churches they got planted and they were all the R names and it was just like wait which one is this which one is this right. which one is this and it was all <laughs> things that were like I mean it, yeah redemption renew uh I can't even think of some of the uh revive uh things like that anyways well, so it's funny we're we're cross point community church and I got a call um with a, from a church randomly somebody knew somebody who knew somebody after the fires oh and uh they contacted me and uh uh, we're talking about fire relief up here and stuff. And she said, well, I'm from cross point community church in Fresno. Where are you? And I'm like, cross point wait, community. are you, are you kidding me? And she's like, no, what, what's the name of your church there? And I'm like, well, we have the exact same name. But is it, is but, it a, are you part of affiliated with a group of churches? You're just, well, we are, uh, we're a, a Baptist general conference church, okay. which is now called converge. So we're a converged church. But but the naming has nothing to do with any affiliation. We sure. aren't affiliated with any other cross points anywhere. Yeah, I know sometimes so. it's a confusing to people, like when you've got churches that are all you know under a district or so, like the evangelical free churches are like that, right? And that's my I grew up in the EV free churches and then planted an EV free church, and it was like having the district superintendent and like the people that are overseeing the churches, and then it's like, well, what's the point of all that? And it's kind of gets confusing because yep. then you've got the board at that church and then you've got the the superintendent and then you've got the national organization and all that stuff. Right. But let's so, go ahead. Be honest, is this now the most exciting start to a podcast you've ever, ever had? Ever. Ever. <laughs> People don't they they're holding on to their seats right now. But what I want to do is uh, ask you about your your life a little bit, get to know you a little bit more. I don't know you that well. I know you from this kind of stuff, right? So some of this um, I might know the answers to already, but we'll get, we'll let everybody else hear it. So let's just start right now with um, share a little about your family. You've got with your your wife and your kids and yep. Just your family life now. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got a wife. We've been married for um, our anniversary is coming up in just a couple of weeks. Seventeen years. Nice. We've been married. So my wife's name's Zoe. And How then, old are you? Uh, 
Are you? Is I'm that, allowed to ask it. Is that one of yep. your? I already. I went through all of the normal regulations and all the things, and I was. It was confirmed. I got an email back from the National Podcast Organization that said, "Yes, you can ask." Oh, me. I forgot you're a podcast host. Yeah. I do need the answer. I'm 39. <laughs> okay, I, yeah. I think I've asked you that before on here because I'd never. Some people, you really are like, you could be 34 or you right. could be 48. I don't know. Yeah. So you're right in the middle of that, though. Right Great. in the middle. Okay. Yeah. So 17 so, years. So my wife um, and. Man, since this is being recorded, I, I want to get this out there. I married a much older woman, so she's she's 11 days older than I am. 11 so, days, wow. And those are the most glorious 11 days of the year when I can- You can I say can, you married an older woman. Yeah. That's, I'm always like, I'm sure you know, she loves well, it. us millennials, you, you, uh, you're you a different generation. You probably don't understand <laughs> your Gen X, but us millennials, we- yeah. Uh, so anyway, di- grew up in a different time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me try and explain yeah. it to you. Um, but yeah, so got, uh, I have a daughter who's 11, almost 12 and a son who is eight years old and super athletic and into Great. any running around that, uh, that I want to awesome. do. So, so you do yeah, baseball with him, right? You're one of the, the little league coaches. Yeah. Yeah. So we did baseball. We're doing soccer this fall Great. and, um, I love playing ultimate Frisbee. And oh, so nice. he, last week he was out with me and there weren't that many players. It wasn't super competitive and so he got to play the whole night um where just do you do that around at? uh there's pickup games around there's a league this summer no way um yeah but there's That's pickup games cool. on saturdays and tuesdays and so it's i do fun. the i do basketball and stuff but it's they're the open gyms haven't really come back too much yep. yet i mean yeah outdoor it, stuff is really nice for that in in the gym you're all sweating and you're bumping up against each other yep. with the with the ball and you're i don't know banging bodies and stuff like that it's yep. just like yeah people just aren't they're not excited <laughs> to do that especially the places that have the gyms they're like all worried about you know the legal stuff oh yeah absolutely. Um, so what about you did you play sports growing up uh just recreational i never i was never like on a you weren't big super team into it. or anything like that so is this new to you it. Uh, or were you part of the soccer and Little League and all that stuff? Uh, yeah, I played a lot of soccer. Um, my one year of Little League went really, really badly, and so <laughs> I never went back. Um, the coach got in a in a he got in a fist fight with one of the dads in the stands. I would definitely come um, back for more if that was what my Little and, League. And then was like. a week later, he um, a fist he, fight. Yeah, not and, like just yelling and shoving. They actually threw. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, it was a complicated family situation. Sure. He was coaching his girlfriend's son. Oh gosh. And that was the, the boy's dad. Oh in no. The stands. <laughs> oh no. Uh, and the next week he bloodied the nose of the umpire. This was, this was, um, this was uh, a machine pitch little league. Oh my to gosh. give you an idea of what level <laughs> little league we're talking about here. Yeah, right he, down the middle. He threw, he threw a, his water bottle at the umpire and broke his nose and was he asked to and to so that was yeah that was the last time we saw him or did they bring him on full-time after <laughs> that like hey we, we need a guy like you we need yeah. this kind of intensity i think he this. wound up in the majors i don't Good. know but but yeah so my my little league career was uh cut short by not really wanting to ever go back sure but, uh but yeah i played soccer growing up probably the most a little bit of basketball a little bit of whatever right on but how'd yeah. you and uh, zoe meet we met, well, that's another great story. I wish she was here to tell it because she remembers me from high school. I remember her from kindergarten. Okay. Um, we you met, like Corey and Topanga. We're, yeah, we're, uh, we're one of those uh, sweet church romances. Oh she, my gosh. Uh, she, her folks are divorced and she grew up up in Fort Bragg, but she would come down and visit her dad in Santa Rosa. Okay. I grew up in Santa Rosa. And so she would come to the VBS at my church every summer, but then she wouldn't be around the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, cause she was just down visiting her dad. And so I actually remember praying with my mom 
God, please let Zoe be back at VBS awesome. this next year. Yeah. When, but, how old were you when you did that? Like five, six. That's awesome. Yeah. But uh, it would be really awesome if she remembered me from back then. Because sure, yeah, she yeah. left quite an impression on me, but she doesn't no, remember me care. for like 10 years You guys have like a group picture that. or something that you're both a part of or anything like that? Uh, only back like Mount Gilead camp. Sure, we yeah. have one of those, but nothing back to VBS mm, oh, okay. that we found. But. So did you grow up in church then? You're talking about VBS. So you grew up in church. Yeah, my folks um, my folks were uh, were were saved not too long before I was born. Um, and so they were their first generation. Nobody, nobody in, in their family was saved. And so it was kind of a new thing. And, uh, um, so for them, it was, we want to be at the church anytime the church is open. And so I grew up, yeah, going to, going to services and, and being involved in VBS and youth group and all that good, good church stuff. Okay. What kind of, uh, other hobbies did you have? You said you said you played some sports, but it sounded like that wasn't your yeah. That wasn't the main thing. I hobby. I played classical piano all growing up. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, and so I did piano competitions and things like that up through high school. Yo, really, um, really big stuff. Yeah, so I was I was really into it. Lots of practice, and my piano teacher wanted me to do conservatory and all of that, and I looked into it, but that wound up feeling like man, I love music. Sure. Uh, I don't want it to become a job. Yeah. I know. Yeah. If having music for your job is just, and that that bump up. Yeah. Like what a miserable life (laughs) if music was your job. Right, Garrett? What a, (laughs) what a miserable, it's so funny because like, it's just, we, I talk about this with the band all the time of just like how, how awesome and how fun it is that we like we did the we did the adventure week. Were you kids yeah, part yeah, of it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, my so son was. We we did the adventure week a couple weeks ago, and like my my mom came up here with my dad and my my uh, niece and nephew got to come and be part of it and stuff. And they were here for the first couple of days, and my sister was just like, "I can't believe that you're what you're doing right now is your job." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I honestly can't either." Like we Israel and I got to come in here, we recorded these songs. Uh-huh. We get to sing them on the stage, we get to jump around. Jump around. Oh my like gosh, the energy. Concert. You guys it were was awesome. so fun. Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, this is this is pretty it's pretty awesome. This is part of our job." Now, granted, that's not exactly what my job is all the time. Right. You know, be, worship leading and stuff is a little bit different than just jumping up on the stage with the kids jumping around and throwing otter pops at them. But it was still, I mean, still one of those moments where yep. I was just kind of like, "Yeah, I can't really believe that." My mom kept saying, "She's like, she's a cheerleader growing up. She's like, that was my dream to be a cheerleader for God." And I'm like, <laughs> "All right, mom, you made it as there cheesy it as you possibly could, but I understand it. I like the sentiment." Yeah, for me, it was the practice time. Like, I was in high school. Well, classical, it's much more. Yeah, intense. I was. I was doing you know two to three hours a day of practice leading up to competitions and stuff. Yeah. And really, if I wanted to do well, I needed to do four. I yeah. just could never do it. But going to conservatory, it's like eight. I, it's Eight a or nine hours job. a day of practice, and I'm like, I would hate the piano. Yeah. After that, that's so. a little bit like, I mean, anything you do in college, if you're going there for, I mean, if you're playing sports, like basketball was that way, where it was like, you are, it is a full time job, and you've got to really love it. Yep. For that to be something yeah, exactly. you're going to do, otherwise, it's just not. Especially if you're somebody that's not like, you're not just seeing the, you know, the rewards of it right away. Like if you're riding the bench or something like that. I don't know what right. the equivalent. I don't know if you're third chair or whatever. You yeah, would, yeah, yeah. You would be in in that, but it would be the equivalent of that where it's just kind of like you're putting in so much time mm-hmm. and for what? You know, you got to really love it to yep. do that. Yeah. So where exactly. did you end up getting your degree at? So uh, I went to the, our fantastic Santa Rosa Junior College, um, okay. loved it, and moved over to Sonoma State and got a, a degree in philosophy at Sonoma okay. State, which was... Uh, this is why I want you and Jared to do one. 
Yeah. I have yeah, to actually for that. it's funny. We were uh I was I was in the office meeting with Brett last week and uh Jared and oh, I wound shit. up talking for like half an hour. She'll talk forever um, about it. About philosophy yeah. and stuff. Yeah, we were really enjoying it. I would pro I would be the um I'd be the get back coach in that podcast to just kind of be like, <laughs> No, 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 I'd rein rain you guys in. That's right. all my job would be. Yeah, but I loved it um, at a at a secular school, a state school in California, to be able to, as a Christian, be able to wrestle through these things and realize, wow, um, the things that we have the answers to as Christians, we have the answers yeah. to all the questions that people from the beginning of time have been asking and wrestling with and haven't been able to come up yeah, with the answers. Yeah. You did know? this challenge? Did it challenge so, your faith at all, or were you pretty like strong in your convictions at that point? Uh, I was pretty strong in my convictions. Um, uh, there, there were, I don't think there was ever anything that caused a crisis of faith. It was a lot more of, of just kind of realizing how to think well mm -hmm. through things, um, which set me up. Well, I wound up going on to seminary and uh, in talking to seminaries, um, once I decided I was on that ministry track, um, a couple of seminaries said, actually, a philosophy degree is really helpful going into seminary. Yeah, yeah, I bet. So, um, you know, you're used to reading difficult texts and making sense of them, communicating yeah. in, a, in a clear, concise way. And these things are kind of regular parts of philosophy and seminary. How long so, between your, your philosophy degree and seminary? I went was straight it? in. Okay, so you were, yep. when you were done with seminary, you're still in your 20s. Yeah, uh, I slowed down. So I went to Dallas Seminary, which is where Brett went to. That's kind right. of our, our kinship there. Um, we, uh, I, I was really blown and going to start out. I was, it's a four-year degree, a four-year right. full-time degree to get a THM at Dallas. And I was Brett was a couple years ahead done. of you. Uh, yeah, Brett <laughs> might have been there a year or two before me. <laughs> um, I was I was planning to get done in like two and a half years. Yeah. I was just work, going overtime. I wound up taking a job as the full-time youth pastor at the church I was, uh, we were attending. Okay. Um, after I'd been there for just under a year. So, which is crazy now looking back, I was 23 when I got hired by this church to be yeah. their youth pastor. And I'm like, what were they? They thinking? hired me, and I, I was a youth pastor at nineteen. <laughs> Whoa! I was like, dude, I don't know. I I say it all the time. Like, they should not have hired me. But well, like, well, the thing for me was always like, we'd we'd be renting vans yeah. to go to camp and you stuff. Can't drive and it's like, I I can't rent that van. I had, I've got to have an adult. It was come so with difficult me. <laughs> for me to get to get people to come to that would actually like. I need somebody that it's. I mean, first of all, the other thing was, so I got hired at nineteen, but like not long after I got hired, I was I turned twenty. So I had been out of high school for a couple years and they, I was only part-time. I was uh, still in school, but like doing the cam the camps and stuff like that, I'm taking kids there that are 16, 17 years old because I was junior high in high school. Right. And so here I am as a 20 year old yep. and I've got kids that I'm, I'm the same generation. So like yep. now all these kids as they've gotten older now, I was, it was, it felt like a larger gap, like uh, the kid, a lot of homeschool kids. And like, I just felt like I had. Sure. I don't know. I had a lot. It felt like I was more like 10 or 12 years older than them. Sure. But as they got a little bit older, they're all, I'm, I'm doing all these weddings and stuff for these kids. Right. And some of these girls are marrying guys that are older than me. Uh -huh. And I'm just like, this is so bizarre to me <laughs> because you were this tiny little kid when I started. And yep. now here, here we are doing this wedding and like your fiance slash now husband is a year older than I am. Yep. And it just was, it was, it yep. was strange to be, but I don't know. Like it, I'm thankful that they hired me, but being, being that young, it was, it was yeah. rough. Then driving other people's kids. Like mm -hmm. that was, that was scary. Mm -hmm. But anyways, um, so you did start as a youth pastor. Let's so yep. you're in Dallas. When did you come back to Santa Rosa? 
Yeah, I moved back to Santa Rosa in 2012. Um, that was really just a, a God thing. You know, we, we moved to Dallas and lots of folks kind of stick around there. And we always felt like, no, God's called us. We want to mm-hmm. be on the West Coast for several reasons. We, we felt like um, uh, the culture here, the battle lines are much more, more clearly drawn. And the need for the light is so great here. Right. Um, and so we, we didn't know when I graduated seminary where I would wind up. But we we kind of our prayer was wind up somewhere on the west coast and um and God took his time God uh, God uh, I'm not a I'm not a guy who hears the audible voice of God all yeah, the time yeah, yeah. saying go do this or go do that um in fact that's almost never my experience and when I graduated seminary I just felt like God was really clearly saying wait not yet not yet and um and that went on for like a year and a half. And what'd you do and in that intro? I was, I was still the youth pastor at the okay. church. Um, to be honest, from a, from a, um, from a human perspective, it was time to get out of that situation. Sure. It was just a really unhealthy leadership situation there and some things going on. And so, uh, it was, it was time for me to go. And yet God kept saying, not yet, not yet, not yet. And I'm like, well, when, yeah. you know? And, um, and then there was a, there was a day at church. I, I still remember I used to have all the youth kids sit down front so that they wouldn't like text and whisper yeah, yeah, to each yeah. other. And so I'm sitting there looking out over, over all those kids. And I felt like God said, all right, I, I'm here. releasing you from this. And so I'm like, man, okay, I guess I'll, I'll start talking to the seminary about placement. Like, how do I start to look for a job? Now's the time. And, uh, and that week, somebody from here in Santa Rosa said, Hey, did you hear that on Sunday, Bethel Baptist Church, that's what Crosspoint was known as then, Bethel Baptist Church announced they're looking for a family ministries guy. Oh, cool. Like on that very day that God said to both me and separately to my wife, all right, it's I've time released to go. you. It's time. Here, this this popped up. And I happened to know the pastor from, from doing ministry back in Santa Rosa years uh-huh. ago and stuff. And so God just And how long between that moment to when you moved here? Oh, five months. Okay. So yeah. fair, fairly quick, Pretty quickly. I guess. Yeah. I, I put out feelers and talked with churches all around and really felt like God was, was calling us back here. Yeah. So, cool. And then, yeah. okay. So that was, that's cross point. You started there. Point. What year was that? That was 2012. Okay. And then now this is, we're here nine years later and you're the lead pastor now. Yeah. So how did you become lead pastor? Yeah. So, um, when I was in college, I, I was a campus chaplain with campus life at several of the high schools, Santa Rosa high and Montgomery and Maria Carrillo. And I would like bring, for felt like what, like, what do you mean campus like, pastor? How are you a campus pastor at public schools? Um, doing their Christian clubs and cool. all of that stuff. And so, so, so I did a lot on campus. I love being on campus. I'm kind of surprised they let you do that. Yeah. I mean, just in my own experience yep. of trying to get on campuses, they're so picky about who you are in contact yep. with when you're yep. on camp. Like when my dad was a youth pastor, he could go on campus and invite kids to church and it was no problem. Right. By the time I got there, it's like, who are you here to talk to? Yep. And I had to give them the names of the kids I was there to see. Yeah. So, so our in was that the Christian clubs were student run okay. and we could go on as an adult to go on to kind of like young the, life. Yeah. Right? Okay. Exactly like young life. Yeah. 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 So, um, so I would bring youth pastors on to speak at the Christian clubs and to get Got them it. connected with kids and stuff. And one of the youth pastors I brought on was Pat Gordon, who was the youth pastor at Bethel at the time. Well, when I was, when Bethel announced they were looking for somebody and all that cross point, um, he had become the, the senior pastor. Okay. 
And so it was like, oh my gosh, I know this guy. Like we used to do ministry together, you know, back, uh, you know, remember how much you loved me. Yeah. (laughs) No, it was just funny. Like I never would have thought that we would have crossed paths again. So, so I came on, on staff under, under Pat, um, to do family ministry. So everything from birth all the way through high school Mm -hmm. and their families. Okay. Um, and so doing children's ministry. I love student ministry. And so really hands-on with starting a youth group and all of that stuff. But I was only at the church for maybe 18 months or so when Pat was diagnosed with leukemia. Okay. Um, yeah, I knew really, there was something, I don't know anything about this besides I knew that he had gotten sick. Yeah. Just really sad, sudden out Pretty of the young blue. Too, right? Yeah. Early fifties, super yeah. healthy, no, no underlying health things, total surprise. And so, um, uh, it's a long story, but battled there kind of miraculously rallied after, after it looked like he was going to be gone really quickly. Um, but about a a year of ups and downs, he passed away after he was diagnosed. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. It was pretty quick. It looked like it was going to be really quick and then God graciously extended his time. time. Yeah. Um, but, and then, um, God's kind of been working on, on me through that. Um, we started talking, I was just filling in, uh, as needed because, because Pat and I were the only full-time staff. And, um, so uh, you're, you're only like 30 at that point. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of, what kind of weight did you feel with that? I mean, that's to all of a sudden go from being, you know, I mean, supporting staff to yeah, you're the, you're the, and not, not only the head guy, the only guy, the only guy. Yeah. As a 30 year old, I can't imagine that pressure. Well, and just walking through it with the church. I mean, the church was just grieving this. They loved Pat. And, well, and the and church's been around a long and, time. Yep. And so you've got people in the church that maybe have been there since before you were born. Yeah, absolutely. Founding yeah. members of the church from when it was founded back and in 69. And here you are, 30 year old Mike taking yeah. over. So yeah, what was the, what was the pressure you felt? Um, well, or did you? Uh, I mean, the biggest thing was that I, I just, I wasn't a youth guy who was looking to do more. I I love, I love students still today. Like my passion is for, for that generation. And I I think that's where real change is happening. And a lot of, a lot of the decisions are being made for kids. Like, um, all right. When I was a child, I, I valued what my parents say and, and, uh, then as I got a little older, my friends, but now I'm kind of deciding like, who am I? And for a lot of people that time from, from 15 to 20, the decisions they make during that time about who they're going to be, lives. that's who they are for the rest of their life, their trajectory. And so to be able to speak into that. So, so I initially was resistant. I said, no, I don't want to be the, the lead pastor. I want to work with students. Adults are tough, man. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're all set in their ways. ways. <laughs> and exactly. you care about what color the curtains are more right. than you care about what the message is, like how we're sharing the gospel, yep. you know? Yeah. So, sorry. I'm bashing on somebody specific. I shouldn't be doing that. But, yeah. <laughs> well, this is great. Cause I'm from the outside and I have no idea who you're talking Oh, not in this church. We don't have curtains. That's the good part. Which, oh, yeah. there you go. Uh, no, no, no. So there, I know that with people, though, I mean, I was part of a church for a long time, for eight years, that had people that were there when they were children, and now they're in their 50s yeah. and 60s, right? And it's, now oh, I was never the lead pastor, just the, I was the youth pastor and worship pastor, but still, knowing how people are, are set in their ways, especially the people that are used to being, I mean, they're, it's not even like anything that's uh, that they're doing, it's not wrong. It's right. just that they've been around for so long. They know how things work. They have an opinion about things. Their opinion is respected. And then when you come along, sometimes as a young person, especially me being in my early 20s, yeah, 
I didn't really understand the process of like, you know, bringing in something new or like, you know, yep. changing things from, you know, we're going to do these kinds of songs to these kinds of songs. And it just, it means so much to some people when you start to change things. It's not, so, you yeah, can't come in and just go, all right, we're going to switch this to this. Right. And it's not that it's a bad thing that that is, I mean, there's a reason these people want to be at this church. Right. And so if you start just switching everything, yeah, it's not a, it's, it's, uh, it's culture shock. And so I, I culture, remember navigating absolutely. that a little bit just with the worship music yep. of being like, look, I'm 22 years old. I don't, I don't really want to do hymns the way that they're written. I want to revamp them a little bit. I still love hymns. They're the lyrics of them. Amazing. I still, to this day, I'm like, let's, if we can throw hymns in somehow, even just a verse or chorus or something, I love it. But like the way that they were written, it's just so outdated to me. Right. And a lot of them written on piano. I'm a, I'm a guitar player, so like I'm not. That's okay. I'll you forgive know, you. I know. Thank you. Uh, God did too. And so, but anyways, <laughs> so w when you yeah. became the lead pastor, was there any kind of challenges like that, or were I mean, this is a, a very special situation with you know. Somebody. It, yeah, it was a special situation, and um, and really, uh, I mean, it, it took a, a long process to even come around to the idea of okay, uh, my wife and I really feel like all right, God is calling us into this, even though we never thought we'd be in that lead role, right. Um, and one of the reasons why we felt okay with it is because Crosspoint is really a unique church. Um, a lot of, a lot of older folks there and yet not that resistant to change. Mm. In fact, um, I, I kind of, uh, I, I wrote out a whole sheet of things that of, all right, the elders are asking me to consider this. Well, if I was the lead pastor, I would do a whole lot of things really different. And I kind of wrote out a whole just kind of rambling thoughts on uh, this different and that different and all that stuff. And I gave it to the elders kind of with this idea like, this will seal this'll, it. Yeah. They'll, they'll be like, all right, no. Nope, not this guy. Exactly. And I can go back to doing youth where I feel like God's really called me, you know. And, uh, and they looked it over and they're like, yeah. This is, this is where we need to go. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Okay. Backfire. <laughs> yeah. And, and the church had the kind of the same reaction. So, um, so yeah, it, it really was a, was a God thing, a God situation. Yeah. Um, and, and it's been good, uh, through lots of, lots of, uh, trials. So over you've the years. been the lead pastor for what, eight years? Uh, yes, I, there was a, a break I in mean, there. interim time probably. Uh, yeah. So with interim and everything longer, but I think officially in that role, maybe five or six years. Did you guys interview p other people or was it like you kind of were the guy? Yeah, the, they, okay. they wound up deciding. So was, was there the ever guy. a time, uh, I mean, okay. So you've been through now you're only, you're only in your thirties still, and you've been through an ordeal with a friend of yours passing away. You mm -hmm. taking over that role, a role that you weren't necessarily looking for, you weren't ready for. And then you, you know, whatever, seven, six years go by or whatever. And then COVID hits. Right. So here you are now, you're 37, 38 years old, and you're dealing with something that no pastor has right. really dealt with before, at least not in America. Yeah. Um, so what was that like with you? Were you stressed out about it? Were you like, did you, I mean, you've got a team around you of people that are, that are ready. And I mean, churches yep. kind of rallied at that point with things like how to make things happen, but yeah, churches rallied, but, but it really, um, the, the businesses and the churches that, that were able to survive and thrive through COVID are the ones that were willing to pivot yeah. and be creative mm -hmm. and think outside of the box. And so, and, and for each church that's looked different, you know, um, uh, Which sounds like your church was already primed for that from the way they you yeah. sent them that that list of stuff and yep. they're ready to to pivot. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's um uh it's been a good time. We've seen some some growth in some really needed areas and and it's also been challenging. We're we're um 
the heart is really there in the church, but but there we're kind of resource poor mm-hmm. um, at times with talents and with with uh, uh, different things, and so so it's been a challenge. But but we've found what's worked for us. Um, it's sad to me to see how um, how many churches have have gotten competitive through this to the point of like, well, the way we're doing it's the right way, and no other way of doing it. Like we've done it a little bit different than other churches have yep. done it. And it's, it's really worked well for us. We did, um, when we didn't meet, we have a lot of older folks who are pretty highly susceptible. And so we didn't meet indoors in person for a while. Um, when, when we were allowed, you were allowed to. to, yeah. Um, once, once we were allowed to, we, we found ways to do it, but when we weren't allowed to, we weren't meeting indoors. Um, we were, we were, doing occasional outdoor stuff. Our, our campus doesn't lend itself. Yeah. You met here on campus yeah. once a month or every, twice yeah, a month. Every, every three weeks. Every three weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Spring Hills was incredibly gracious with you setting up for us and other folks. And, yeah. I'm pretty and awesome. Just opening <laughs> it up. Yeah. Um, is that what we, I can't quite read your that notes. Was my is next that note. what you wanted Garrett me to is, say? Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> um, but, but I did, uh, I did a live, uh, live teaching on Sunday morning, with our Facebook live and our text line open on my screen. And so, so you interacted, I would ask questions. People would answer really fun for me. They would ask me questions and I would answer. It would be going through and then somebody would be like, this doesn't make sense. You know, type in, this doesn't make sense. Or are you saying this or whatever? And I can kind of pause and right. answer that. And Which so that's a really fun experience when, when you ha- don't get to do, I mean, normally you sit there and listen to a message and you don't often get the chance to ask your questions. Right. There isn't the same uh, ability to interact like mm-hmm. that. And so, so we were able to pivot into that during this time and, and all that, but, but there's obviously challenges challenges with church is not meant to be online. Church right. is meant to be fellowship together. You are missing a key component of who the church is when we aren't sitting shoulder to shoulder and interacting with each other. And so, so yeah, I mean, just like, just like every church been trying to, trying to figure it Work out. Through and, it, man. Um, it was crazy. It was, yeah. I mean, every church had to do it. And I remember just, we did, um, you know, we were, I think we went 16 weeks, no service, live services. Yeah. And then um, probably like two or three weeks prior to us doing a live service, we did a drive-through thing where we used to do team nights. So if you were a volunteer at Spring Hills, we did these third Wednesdays. We'd do a team night where we'd worship together. Brett would share something. We'd spotlight a couple of volunteers just with, uh, you know, some kind of theme like choosing joy and just giving them a gift. I forget what it was, gift card or some kind of award or something just to recognize our volunteers. Well, we did that. We did a drive-through thing for them. And we just did like, you know, we handed out ice creams and got to see them and, you know, we're from a distance waving to them in the cars and stuff like that. But the amount of people just like tearing up mm. and just being like, I being on the campus, yeah. they're just like, I, I, I miss this so much. Yep. I need to be around these people. And you could tell the families were coming in and their people don't really know what to do. They've got their masks on in the car and they're like, are we allowed to roll our window down? Are we allowed to, can we say hi to you? Can we right. stop and talk for a minute? You know, just that kind of thing. And yep. some people got out their lawn chairs and sat, you know, 10 feet apart from each other and just hung out for a little bit and ate their ice cream. And it's like people were craving yeah, being absolutely. together. And I get it. Like online was better than nothing. Mm-hmm. If you just been 16 weeks of nothing, that's, that's terrible. But like we had the online, it was great that a lot of people were hearing the gospel mm-hmm. that maybe wouldn't, be wouldn't able to step into a church. And yep. I mean, we've continued the online thing and yep. you know, obviously we have a lot more people in live, yeah. live person in person rather than online, but still doing the online thing. There's some people that legitimately, they just can't get here Yep, and it's a nice resource. And so the fact that we had those resources, I mean, this happened in, in 2002, yep. it would have been 
obviously oh much different. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, what a, a huge, a couple a more things difference. before I let you go here. Uh, so I just, uh, these are, I like to do rapid fire questions at the end. Um, just to get to know you in a little bit of a kind of random, um, so are you looking ways. for, does that uh, mean I have to have short answers now? I mean, most of these are like, you know, you can give short one sentence answers, but yeah. basically just like, who is your, who's your biggest influence in, in ministry or in life? Ooh, boy, that's a good question. Um, you can say Brett. No, yeah. No, I'll say, I'll say you, Garrett. Yeah. Thank you. I really, feel that's like, also in the script here. Yeah. yeah. That's perfect. Um, you know, it's been different people at different seasons. Um, I, I think the biggest thing that's that's impacted me in ministry has just been um, the the flexibility of following God mm. in different seasons and recognizing there isn't just one cookie cutter way to do it. And so I've I've kind of bounced around. I've got I've got guys that I really appreciate early on. I really appreciated um, Francis Chan stuff early mm. and. And uh, his his pull in the ministry. I mean, there's there's old uh, older folks who really impacted me and stuff. Um, but but in each season, there's something new. You know, we um, we skipped over in the intervening period. There was was the Tubbs fire yeah. and all of oh, that yeah, stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, wow, what I can't, ministry I can't believe like I here. COVID is just taken know? over. You know, I forgot about the right? fires. Jeez. Well, yeah. I mean, that was another just another thing in in that road of like never faced this before. Nope. My, my family and I lost our house in Coffee Park. And so trying to figure out what is, what is ministry look like? That actually was a huge blessing in ministry. Yeah. Um, actually, I think we talked about this a little bit on one of the podcasts I had you on. I remember hearing your story, your daughter standing on the roof of yeah. a building or something. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I forget which podcast that was, but um, yeah, I mean, that's another thing. It's just never experienced it. And yep. Yeah. So trying to figure Jeez. out. And so, yeah, so kind of in each new season, I'm finding new, new people, new, uh, new influences. So there's new so. influences and, yep. and, uh, people that you're looking up to. Yep. Uh, do you think you're, are you ever going to write a book or anything? I mean, you've got, um, so is that ever, is something like that in your aspirations? Uh, it isn't right now. Okay. I've got a buddy who's always after me, like we should write a book together yeah. and, cause we're always talking about things and all that stuff. I mean, you're really and, well spoken. You, you speak your thoughts really well. So I don't know if that was something that was yeah, it on hasn't your mind. been yet, but I don't know. I wouldn't yeah. rule it out. I'd, I'd read it. Um, what, so your hobbies now, you mentioned ultimate Frisbee, you still yeah. play piano with your worship team sometimes, right? Yep. So what yep. other hobbies do you have right now? Uh, well, coaching our, baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Love doing anything with my family. Yeah. Um, we, we're really into escape rooms. We've oh, done. Cool. I've um, never done one. What? I know. I know. I know. Come on. I just never, never gone and done You've it. Never been invited. Just done Kiki's it. never invited you. Kiki made one at her house one I time know. for a party and it was yeah. awesome. And no, they, no, we've never gotten to go to one. I mean, yeah. So I think, I think my kids and, and wife and I have done maybe a dozen together and my wife and I either by ourselves or with other people have done another 30 or 40. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's a lot of fun. Just puzzle solving. Yeah. We love playing games together. We love the outdoors. So yeah. hiking, backpacking, camping, um, any opportunity you get to do that around yeah, here, man, taking, taking road trips with the family, all of that, all what, that good stuff. What's uh, a book you would recommend to somebody? Ooh, a book I would recommend to somebody. Um, it could be one you recently read or like your favorite book. That is so open-ended. Sorry. Um, no, I'll just say, uh, I'll just say, since I mentioned Francis Chan earlier, early Francis Chan, uh, I'll just say crazy love. Crazy love. We have that. It's right behind you there actually on that shelf. Is it? Uh, I think, well, I've got all of them up there. Somebody might've read it and might be on the, the ground over there or something. I see a few <laughs> of his up there on the shelf. Um, let's see. Uh, favorite restaurant. 
or or favorite kind of food? Mm, man, I love I love good uh good ethnic food. So anything that is um is authentic is great. So here locally, um well, I went to Royal China today for lunch and they're closed for a couple of weeks and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> um Simply Vietnam's great. Um yeah. Oh, I haven't been there. I've been to Royal China. I haven't been to Simply yeah. Vietnam. Yeah, Simply the, uh, Vietnam's My wife great. really likes El Coqui. The, uh, oh, yeah. El Coqui is fantastic. Really, really good. Yeah. Uh, what about... Especially if you like uh, plantains. Yeah, everything she loves is plantains, plantains, dude. It's plantain everything. There. Yeah. And all different kinds of them, too. It's yep. really interesting. Um, all right. What about uh, your favorite vacation spot? Ooh, uh, favorite that I've been to or that I want to go to? How about both? Give us your favorite you've been to and then your dream vacation spot. My wife and I did a trip uh, through Peru, the oh, kind cool. of backpacking through Peru that we loved. When we went through the whole uh, Sacred Valley and up to Machu Picchu and stuff, and then we were out in the Amazon rainforest at a lodge wow. for for several days with tarantulas as big as dinner plates and no thanks boa constrictors <laughs> and fishing for piranhas and all and this that. Was fun. And so it was a blast. That's amazing. Dude, I, greatest, that's just not something I would greatest do. Greatest experience. We <laughs> love that. So Peru's Peru's always on our list of like places we want to go back. Uh, for sure. We, we also took a great trip through Israel. Highly recommend. I was going to say, have you done the Israel, yeah. the tours and stuff? So like that I got around? to do, um, a class at DTS. Um, it, it was a three week class, uh, that was a three week trip through Israel and D Dallas theological um, seminary, Dallas just in case theological seminary. Thank you. Yeah. Sound like dental school for a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was great. I got a couple units for doing it and we got to travel around that. The one, uh, downside for my wife was she wound up, we signed up for the trip and then we found out she was pregnant with, with our daughter. Oh and no. So she was seven months pregnant as we she were walking. Go. We averaged, Wait. um, did she, she went, get on a plane? She we flew back like a week before she was no longer allowed to fly. Oh no, that's awesome. Um, so we averaged seven, seven miles of walking a day. Um, and she was all over it. Not only was she all over it, but she's like rallying people. Oh, we're good at, for her. We're at Masada and she's like, tomorrow morning we should get up at, at dawn and hike the, the, uh, the, the mom energy straight man. up the side. Good and everybody's her. like, uh, the seven month pregnant lady's doing it. I guess we gotta I should do it. Do it. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Good for so her. So that was good. Um, on our, on our to-do list, uh, Bora Bora looks incredible. Yeah. A lot of people say Bora Bora and ask yeah. this question because it, that looks incredible. It's yep. beautiful. Well, cool, man. You're just going to be speaking this weekend. Uh, give us like uh, two or three sentences on what you're you're going to be teaching on the uh, passage, and then also just yeah, we're going to be at the beginning of James. Um, great, I love how practical James is. So it's just practical um, advice for how to live an an empowered life, empowered by by the Spirit of God. Yeah. So. James was always my favorite one to go through with the youth group because it was so easy to understand. Yeah, James is like the Proverbs of the New Testament. It's yeah. like little, short, um, uh, powerful, deep things, mm -hmm. but um, but it isn't the long prose of a of a Paul or a John. It's just kind of like here, figure watch this your, out and watch then your do mouth. It. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> watch what you say. You know, that's an easy thing to do there. You know. Yep. Um, yeah, I loved I loved going through James. We do it every now and then. Actually, um, we're gonna be we do a Bible study in the the green room back here with uh, the band during the eight fifteen service, and we're gonna I'm gonna go through James. Um, Next, we just didn't went through Malachi, which is kind of fascinating to some people that we're going through Malachi. But I'm like, it makes a lot of sense with worship. Like, it's a there's a lot to do oh, with yeah. worship there. So like, Absolutely. I wanted to. That's why I picked Malachi. But yep. all right, man. Well, you'll be here this weekend. Um, anybody that you know, we have about 200 listens per episode now. I honestly 
no clue who all the people are that are listening out there. Um, I know a few of them. They come and talk to me all the time. But if, uh, you know, I'll tell them, come and say hi to you or something. Absolutely, listen to this, yeah, Listen to this do. episode. Come say hi to Mike. Introduce yourself. You can also let me know that you listen to the podcast because I'd love to know more of the people who are listening. So Think about me like a uh, like a new person at church. I'm going to show up and you guys all know each other. Yeah. and. And I'm going to kind of be looking around a little bit. So, uh, so come up and say hi to me. I'd yeah, love to yeah, talk yeah. to you. We, we're going to, you know, in the green room that when somebody comes and speaks for the first time, we have a tradition where we don't talk to you at all, all Perfect. weekend. We just, you know, it's kind of like when you hit your first home run, you come back in the dugout, everybody leaves. It's going to be one of those. You come back in, you know, no one's going to, no, one's, no, I'm just kidding. Well, I, yeah, I told Kiki, I expect no eye contact in general. That's kind of Perfect. normal on my waiver. So great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We actually, uh, in all seriousness before, you know, the band comes off and there's a couple of things happening before you'll go and speak if you're back here we'll pray with you and stuff before you head on the stage we like to do that with brett too just uh sometimes it's um it can be you know we come back and it's all we're all loud and energetic and whatever and like it could be kind of chaotic and then brett goes out so i'm always like all right let's pray for brett real quick before he walks out there and (laughs) and uh you know some we like to joke around with him too and it's like let's let him get his focus together so all right man well hey thanks for doing this um we'll see you this weekend and uh it'll be a lot of fun to have you around too for the four services back here this will be your uh, we're in the green room right now so this will be your your hangout spot so this is the digs cool man all right well thanks for being here